What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will give you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is a place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a very special episode. Now, in this episode, we have compiled some of my favorite moments, advice, and insight from some of my interviews over the past year. Now, in this episode, I'll be sharing some moments from Stormy Solis. She'll be sharing on finding your style and your voice, Twyla Jones on permission on being natural and coaching your clients with encouragement, Jessica Drossen shares on using your imagination to see the good in locations that don't seem that desirable at first. Kate Boggs shares on client communication and styling. Joanna Booth shares with us her tips on creating a luxury brand experience. Danielle Trina shares with us how she gets children comfortable with her. And Sharon McMahon shares on mindset and resistance and how to bust through it. This episode is jam-packed, my friends. So make sure you grab a notebook. There are so many takeaways. So without further ado, let's get started. So finding your style and voice as a photographer can be super confusing and frustrating and hard for many. What advice would you give to someone who might be struggling to find their voice? Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember um, at the beginning of my career going through that, and it's definitely overwhelming, and especially when people are like, your voice, your voice, and you're like, I don't know what you mean exactly, (laughs) especially when you have clients that aren't really your ideal clients and you're still kind of getting your bearings. For me, um, 
when I started trying to tap into that was when people were still booking me, they weren't necessarily my ideal clients. It was a lot of everybody look at the camera, matching Aloha attire. They, they definitely had things they requested and funny poses, Pinterest poses. <laughs> so at some point I decided, you know, this isn't really filling my heart. Like it's great to make the money that I desperately need to buy my groceries, but I need something in there for me. So I had decided to just start with, well, in the middle of all this, looking at the camera and funny poses, what if I just have them do something that I'm excited about and get one shot that's just for me each session? And so that was a slow start to sort of transitioning. And then in the calling, when when I would call, I decided to no longer post for my clients, like the sneak peeks and such, but instead I would call for whatever made me feel something. Mm -hmm. If there was connection and it made me feel, that's what I started posting. And I wouldn't let myself sabotage it or second guess it. I was just like, no, I'm going to post that one for whatever reason. It moved me. I didn't have to know why. And so that slowly started changing my clients naturally because the people that could feel what I would feel were being drawn to me and it slowly started changing. The big changes for me started happening when I started taking on personal projects. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to do that, it was like a major shift into A, figuring out what I was drawn to and B, like drawing the right client to me because they saw it too. So having those personal projects where you can go in and like scrap any kind of shot list, like I'm not delivering this for a client. This is for me. I have no, you know, this is what I'm going to shoot. And instead it's like, I'm just going to go for shooting a feeling and have fun and free myself. That freeing of myself was just like way opening. And then I, it was just fun. And it was a sweet surprise of what I could capture and what I decided to call and and it was literally like a client change overnight. <laughs> Each time I've done a, a major personal project doing that, it, it's been a huge jump. So those are huge, you know, and then it also just teaches you what you're drawn to. Mm. For instance, yeah, for instance, one of my, the very first project I had done like that, I realized, wow, when I was looking at it, it was a maternity session. I'm like, this really feels like a self-portrait. And then I realized that, well, that's why, where I was shooting from was this very personal space of what made me feel alive. I wasn't thinking about it and I wasn't like thinking what the shots would look like. I was just, just doing anyway. And so that kind of helped. So my next question is, we often hear from our students, my clients are uncomfortable and stiff. Do you ever encounter that or are you, are you finding that you're able to give them all those prompts to have them move, tell us stories? What would you say? who's someone whose mommy maybe not quite at that level where they're able to give direction. So I for sure um, encounter that. Like my clients are any different than anybody else's. I find it most common with dads and then older kids. They're more self-aware and even sometimes self-conscious just because there's a camera in their face, you know? So it's it's harder for them to like let go and just be free opposed to like a two-year-old who's just going to like show up and entertain themselves and have a good time no matter what. You know, you really have to kind of like give them permission 
And what helps me is that I'm like that too. Like I can't act naturally in front of a camera. So I totally get what they're thinking. So I've been photographed <laughs> with Gary before and been instructed. Really? They, you know, I was told to like act natural. I'm like, I can't like you're, I can't pretend you're not right there. You know, like I would not make out with Gary, like right in front of somebody like staring at us. So I, I need to be given permission to do things like that. So I need to be told specifically what to do. And I need a lot of encouragement while I'm doing it so that I know that I'm, you know, doing it right and giving them results that they are liking on their end. And that goes a, a long way. So even if you had like the worst prompts ever that weren't working, if you could just like really give a lot of encouragement and let people know when you like what they're doing, you'll continue to get lots more of that from them. So those are the two big things I would do. What I love too is I follow you on Instagram and I love when you share those before and afters of like the location you did one recently where it was like just the flowers and you're like, you don't need special locations. Like it's what you see that matters. And I really love how you just walk that walk. And it's so funny to like, how are you able to see that and know that it's going to be amazing? Um, Or is it like a lot of trial and error? Well, I think when I was just starting out, I would always see these photographs of different locations or uh, magical places. And I would think to myself, oh, if only I could shoot there, if only I had this at my disposal, how amazing my, my photos would be. And I think at a certain point, I realized that I was, you know, pretty much stuck here in, in Burbank, California, which may sound great, but if you look, if you were actually to visit Burbank, California, you would see a lot of sort of dusty hills and a lot of urban sprawl. And there's things that are quote unquote cool. You have to get permits and they're quite expensive in order to be able to shoot them. So I tend to, at a certain point, I figured out I'm going to have to see a little deeper here. And strangely enough, I wonder if maybe when I was first starting out in photography, a lot of how I learned to shoot manually and how to, how to understand light happened from shooting flower images in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So I would go up with my nifty 50 and I would shoot yeah. early in the morning or in the evenings, get up real close and tight and then play with my processing, play with all that stuff. But I think that sort of started introducing me to this idea that through a good lens choice, through your positioning, through the perspective you're shooting at, through your processing choices, so much can be transformed if you are open to thinking about it. And then it is crucial, like I I mentioned in that post, I mean, it was sort of a flowering bush. And I asked her, I, I first I had her behind the bush and that really wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And so at a certain point I asked this high school senior and I'm literally at a park. There are children playing. <laughs> <laughs> I said to her, so do you think maybe we could just get inside the bush? <laughs> and it wouldn't have worked had she not been able to, you know, have we, you know, we obviously we did a little, we had a little struggle and I tried not to hurt the bush. I don't like <laughs> to break things that I'm, I'm photographing or, or hurt, you know, whatever. But um, 
we struggled a little bit. We got her inside comfortably. I was able to move some branch down. She was able to, you know, just with her leg and maybe a finger, you know, push some some flowers around so that I could get a good view. And then it was very important that I was able to get her just to relax enough in a bush with children playing. Around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could get the shots that I wanted to to share something like that. Generally, people enjoy it because I don't have phenomenal locations. I can see a lot though in a little. <laughs> yeah. So how important is the client communication in styling? Mm, incredibly important. Oh, I have learned to be very intentional with the questions that I ask a mama. Um, and I used to send a questionnaire out, but it felt very uh, stiff and very bullet point wise. And that wasn't quite the route that I wanted to go. I wanted them to feel like they were my best friends. That was the feeling that I wanted them to get because they would show up being more comfortable if it wasn't so calculated, you know? So I usually will message them and say things like, all right, so we're going to shoot the beach. Like, what are you feeling? What kind of movements do you want? Are you going to dance with your kids? Do you want to play with them? Because that right there will give me a huge sense of where they want to go. If they're going to play with their kids, chances are high they're going to want more of a flowy dress. If they're not going to play with their kids, chances are high that they're going to be more of like a fitted dress because they're not going to be moving as much. And that's fine. That does give me a very good goal to go off of because once I hear how mom feels and what she is looking for, it's much easier to focus on that specific thing. Um, When I do style families, the first person that I always style is mom, no matter what, no matter if mom says, I have a dress for daughter. Nope. She comes first because at the end of the day, she is going to be the most critical about those images and of herself. So if she is not happy with whatever it is that she's wearing, she's going to hate this entire session, no matter how amazing it is. So I'll talk to her and say things like, so you had a baby. Like, how are you feeling about that? And she says her body is kind of weird. I'll notice like, okay. So, I mean, I get that. Like we all have gone through that before. What exactly about it? Like, where, where are your feelings? And if she says like her midsection and that's all she mentions, I'm not as concerned with her arms, but if the first thing she says is, I'm really self-conscious with my arms right now, I am 100% putting her in a cardigan, I'm putting her in a shawl, I'm putting her in a long sleeve dress, because I don't want her focusing on that the entire session. And that's usually what happens. So if I didn't communicate with her and ask her those things, I wouldn't be able to pull that out of her. And if I styled her based on, she wants the beach, this is what she's wearing, and she put the dress on and hates her arms, and it's a strapless dress. I know that I have not done my job as a photographer. She is not going to be happy with me or the images or the memories. So I am very intentional with talking and asking what it is they're looking for from me. I'm intentional with asking, you know, is there anything about you that you're just not really sure that you love right now? Like, or we'll feed into those types of things. But that way it kind of gives me an idea. If she hates her legs, a short dress is not the way to go. If she's self-conscious about her ankles, a maxi dress is absolutely a way to go. If she, like I said, hates her back right now, putting a cardigan on her is like the best thing ever because she is not going to be looking there. She's just not. So what really speaks to me about your work really is how your subjects have such a regalness about them. Mm-hmm. You just find this beauty and this strength and this power. So what would you say is your secret ingredient to extracting that from your clients? Um, I don't like models and that's such a weird statement to say, um, but I don't. So I think a lot of it comes from like, I literally tell my clients how to move for their body types and their 
the lighting that I need, I'll move it to wherever I feel like accentuates their features the best. So it's a very, like we're usually shooting for like two hours and we'll go through like four to eight different outfits. Like we work through a lot in two hours, but it's a lot. I tell them, get ready for a long game of Simon Says or Twister. <laughs> like you're going to feel like you're in Simon Says or Twister today. So be prepared. But they know that because I talk to them during the consultation about, okay, what to expect and my clients are real people, so they don't have that background in modeling, and a lot of them are very nervous. That's why we have champagne. No, I'm just Love it. <laughs> we have champagne. <laughs> but I build up that rapport with them so that when they come in, like we have music that's set to their own playlists, and we have food in the studio, and we have wine, champagne. And a lot of my clients don't really drink until the end, and it's just a matter of really talking them in their bodies through certain poses. So it's a common thing for me, okay, bring your head this way. No. And I'm like, I'm like, I might tell you to move into a position and I might not like it and we'll go back to something else. So, and they're just really cool and chill with it. So I'll be like, okay, move to the left and move this arm down or move your head up. And then literally five seconds, like, nope, didn't like it. Like, that's a common thing that is said in my, my sessions. I'm like, nope, didn't like it. Let's go back to what we were doing because this is about trying to figure out what is going to work best for them. And so it's just really playing on, um, like how they move. And then just really a lot of times, some of the most iconic images are in between images. So for instance, if I'm like, okay, we're going to go and go from this pose to this pose and they're just relaxing and they're like, okay, you know, cause people, when the cameras come up, they get a little bit more focused. And sometimes those in between ones are the ones where like, I'm like, okay, hold that and freeze. Let's, and they're like, what? I'm like, freeze, don't move. Like this is it right here. And that's what really works out. And I'm not a big smiley photographer. So. No. <laughs> We we do get smiles for their um for their uh galleries because I think you can't have a whole gallery you shouldn't have a whole gallery where you're just serious the whole time so that's kind of one of my biggest keys I'm like okay we're not gonna be smiling yeah. <laughs> so yeah I love that now are there specific prompts that you use to help your clients relax and especially kids because I I know I personally get a lot of smiling and grinning at the camera yeah <laughs> so I'm you know I use prompts sometimes, but I I really go in with the approach of playing, getting down to their level and just, let's just, let's just be for a minute. Let's just get comfortable with each other first before I really introduce this camera. And then when I do introduce the camera, it's still, you know, show me how your dress twirls around, you know, the, the backyard that I was just recently in, you know, show me your swing. What do you do with your swing? How do you, let me see you push your brother. So it's really all about getting into their world and in their moment. So while prompts are a part of it, it's not the beginning of it. It's somewhere in the middle um, after I've, you know, spent some time getting to know them and and them getting comfortable with me. Yeah, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Now, often working with kids, we can get that silliness and making those funny faces at the camera. How do you work with the child to get the images to match your vision instead of weird faces? Oh, <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm, I'm like talking about my son. Uh-huh. Right well, my daughter does the same thing. Like she, um, so I think with a lot of it is just realizing that the weird faces are part of it, right? Um, mm. It's 
interesting. I actually, for the first time, had a photographer photograph my child where I became the client. And it was really interesting that when we went through the order session, the images that I was most drawn to of my daughter were the ones where she was making those silly faces that she makes. Um, oh, because that's part of her. That's, an es- that's, so that's true. part of her essence. So I'm beginning to embrace that as part of those moments. And then the other moments that I like to take a step further and really dive into my fine art piece of work where I'm really working on the computer to try to create an art piece are those moments kind of in between where they don't even really know I captured them. So my vision is just kind of always in there. I don't, and I know that I will always get it because, you know, sometimes just simply clicking a lot, you can, you find it in the computer. So images that a lot of photographers tend to maybe delete or bypass during their culling session are the ones that I'm looking to keep where the wind is the messiest in their hair, um, Mm. where they're not looking (laughs) Um, all the moments that mom, it might not make sense to mom, but to me as an artist, it does. And I think to a lot of the artists in the communities that I'm finding that understand my voice, understand those images that I choose to keep and might not even show to a client. Mm-hmm. I love that you talked a little bit about um, Stephen Pressfield and the War of Art because mm-hmm. that was actually one of my questions to you about resistance. Mm-hmm. Is if you have any other tips for busting through it? Mm. Well, the people who are successful in business and often in life are the people who are the most resilient. The people who keep trying. The people who, you know, fall down eight times, get up nine. So. I know that I have experienced resistance as feeling like, well, I guess I'm just not meant to do that. That's how I interpreted the resistance. And in reality, most often your biggest wins happen right at that point of you giving up. They happen right at the point of you being like, well, I guess I'm just not meant to do this. If you can just press on a little bit past that, that is when you're going to start seeing things happen for you. And often the bigger the resistance, the bigger the win on the other side. Yeah. So it it really does come down to your mindset about what resistance is. And sometimes people get bogged down in this idea that the universe is against them. Like, I just can't win. I have told, I can't tell you how many times people have told me, I just can't win. I just can't catch a break. I just can't catch a break. I can't win. We can't win this year. Um, That mindset is going to take you exactly zero places in life. The idea that I can't win. Um, you're, you go zero places with that mentality. If you are experiencing resistance, like we experienced with our tef- technical difficulties, I think, we, <laughs> I think we tried, what was it? Maybe seven times we did. to get this to work. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, I will admit, I did have the thought, well, maybe we're just not gonna be able to record this today, but we persisted and you here bet. we are. So it, it really just does come down to like, making even tiny, tiny little baby steps. You're not going to knock over a skyscraper every day, but every day, if you just keep develop the habit of like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Even if it's just like little teeny one foot in front of the other, you're going to look back and find that you've moved much, much farther towards your goal 
than if you just sit around at your house waiting for it to be perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. It is an absolute honor to be able to hang out with you each and every week, bringing you so many incredible guests to help you build a life and business you are truly passionate about. Now, no matter where you are in your journey, just know I'm here rooting for you and cheering you on. I'm sending you all of my light and love each and every day. We'll see you next time. Ever wonder how some people seem to effortlessly connect with their clients? Well, my guess is they are using their unique superpowers to their advantage. When you allow more of you to shine through, good things happen. Discover your special superpower at themilkyway.ca slash quiz.